Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Brandon Marsh, the Los Angeles Angels and 66ers baseball. This is Joe Adele here with the Los Angeles Angels. I'm Tori Hunter Jr. You're listening to the All Angels Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the All Angels Podcast. I am Dan Garcia and pitch hitting for Johnny Max today is Angelo Trinidad from the Beer Baseball Blog. How are you doing today? Hey, Daniel. What's going on, man? I'm doing great. How about you? I'm doing awesome. Um... Uh, I guess me, I'm doing fine. The Angels, not so much. Um, coming into this weekend series against the Crosstown Rivals Dodgers, um, I guess the hopes were high after taking two or three from Oakland. Um, before the, the Dodgers series started, how, how, what were your thoughts going into the series? Yeah, I was very uh, I was very hopeful for the series. Like you mentioned, we took two out of three uh, against Oakland, broke their nine-game winning streak. Um, and, you know, with the progression of, of Adele after getting called up, uh, last week, um, things started kind of looking on the up and up uh, and promising. Um, uh, but, you know, little did we know that, uh, uh, you know, b- between, you know, we're going to dive into the details and specifics, but, you know, Kershaw's dominating performance on Friday to just the unfortunate series of events and in, in extra innings uh, on Saturday to, uh, you know, today's performance uh, just kind of uh, uh, definitely took it the other direction. But uh, disappointing, to say the least, um, uh, just because we had so much momentum coming into the series, at least I feel we did. Yeah, so kind of going in what you were talking about, the uh, Friday game, it was Clayton Kershaw against Patrick Sandoval, two lefties, and like you mentioned it, uh, Kershaw was the old Kershaw in this game, going seven innings, only giving up one hit and one earned run off a home run from um, Rendon. Uh, and Patrick Sandoval, on the other hand, you know, at times looked good. At times looked like he was kind of putting stuff together. Um, he gave a couple runs in the third due to an error from Rendon, but then the fourth and fifth inning, he got in and out of it, one, two, three on both innings, and then kind of, I guess, his reputation, not reputation, but what's been happening with him the last couple of year, uh, outings is that that sixth inning seems to be really hard for him to get out of. He gets out of it but and starts the seventh but doesn't even get an out in the seventh and, and continues to kind of struggle later into the games. Patrick Sandoval so far this year, how, what have you thought about him? So, um, you know, he was, uh, he was sent to the alternate training site uh, in Long Beach um, after his, after an early start, uh, which kind of seemed as if uh, it was a little bit, that was a bit of an interesting move uh, when, when Madden was questioned on it. Um, he just mentioned that was always the plan to, to get him additional reps and experience and to get other pitchers additional reps and experience. Um, you know, I thought, you know, I thought this outing was, was really solid. Um, he, you know, all, he, he did, he, although he uh, gave up six hits, uh, he went into the seventh inning for the, for the first time in his career. 
Um, so we kind of saw glimpses of, of you know, uh, what, what's kind of been talked about and what's what's been on the scouting report with Sandoval. Um, however, it was just you know really challenging to, to, to have that pitching matchup against Clayton Kershaw. And I think it kind of goes back to, you know, what you and I have talked about offline before, where it's a situation where, uh, you know, finally a starting pitcher gets some momentum and carries into the seventh inning. Uh, however, he didn't get enough run support from the offense uh, to kind of uh, transition that momentum to the other side of the ball. Um, so and unfortunately for, for Sandoval, that's kind of how it worked out. Um, but nonetheless, uh, overall, um, progress in, the, in this start versus his previous one. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing what the, what the future holds for Sandoval. I think he's got a bright future ahead of him. Um, and hopefully he'll, he'll have uh, many successful years to come with the Angels. Yeah, and like you said, you know, the run support was very limited in this in this outing. Kershaw was, um, you know, showing why he still is, even at his young, older age, uh, a pitcher where when you come up against him, you know, you got to hope that you're able to kind of um, get to him early and not let him settle in. Uh, but the Dodgers were able to score two in the sixth, one in the seventh, and two in the eighth. Um, Dodgers kind of, or Angels make a little rally back with two in the bottom of the eighth and one in the ninth, but again, still fall short seven to four in the opening series um, with the Dodgers. Now going ahead to Saturday's game, um, and that one you had Walker Bueller against Andrew Heaney. Andrew Heaney again, um, kind of coming into this year as uh, I guess the Angels. Uh, frontline starter and especially more so now too that Otani is done pitching for the day or for the year uh, but Andrew Haney again goes five and two thirds only gives gives up five hits four home uh, four runs um, his big thing for me has been he's been walking a lot of guys lately he walked four struck out six but um, you know it seems to me that he is still kind of uh, trying to paint the corners too much he has guys up it seems like oh two one two a lot during the year but yet uh, the guys are able to work back into a full count, and then that's kind of where the walks have been um, coming in with Andrew Haney. How, how have you seen Andrew Haney throughout the year? Yeah, I think um, I think Andrew Haney has kind of um, stepped. You know, he stepped up into that role in that position and that that distinction of our ace uh, this season. Um, pitched a pitch a solid, um, you know, five, five innings for us. You know, um, and and looked looked like he had relative control on the mound. And again, I think this is kind of the opposite of what happened the previous night where Sandoval got deep into the game, uh, didn't really have the run support to carry that momentum over on the other side of the ball. Where in, the, where in this case, um, we had a really great shot to um, you know, to win this game. Uh, and, uh, you know, again, um, I mean, after Haney left in the fifth, we had, Mayor, we had Mayor's pitch, Pena, Robles, Buttry, and Middleton. So again, we went we went five deep in the in the bullpen uh, just to get us through the the remaining five innings of the game. I mean, granted, a lot of that's all uh, hitting pitching ma- matchups, etc. Uh, but um, you know, the the I don't think you know the bullpen really capitalized on the momentum or the direction that uh, Haney had started off in the game. Uh, and you know, again, the the it was a the, the the ending of the game it was a series of unfortunate events where we really saw at least from my perspective with the angels saw the negative impact that that runner starting on second can have in extras uh but i'm sure we're going to dive into that here in a couple minutes yeah so obviously the dodgers um and angels the angels start out with a 2-0 lead in the first um 
you know, that's exactly one of how you want to start with a Mike Trout home run, a two-run shot again in the bottom of the first. But it seems like a constant with this team, no matter who's on the mound, is that once the Angels get in the lead, um, they are not capable of getting a one-two-three one, inning at, at the top of the next. And that's exactly what happened. The Dodgers scored two in the second, two in the third. But then you see Andrew Haney kind of settle down after that. But by then, because of the walks, because of the runs he's given up, he went five and two-thirds, but he was an over-100 pitch um, pitch count during the game, which we've talked about, Johnny and I have talked about, you know, you want to see that pitch count kind of go up and have uh, Joe trust his pitchers. But when it's 102, 103 in the sixth inning, seventh inning, that's kind of a lot. So obviously he gets pulled. Um, And you talked about the the extra inning rule. So we'll just go straight to that. Um, uh, The game's tied 5-5 in the uh, the end of the ninth. So for people that are not aware, maybe we're watching the game and not sure what was going on, um, in extra innings this year, because they're trying to make the game go by faster, they don't want to use a bunch of arms due to the um, kind of restricted roster they have. Um, this is a minor league rule that's been, I think, been going on for a couple of years now that the last out of the previous inning is now the runner on second. So um, Middleton comes in, he does a great job, but unfortunately for him, because of this rule, um, you have uh, Chris Taylor still third, so now you got you have a guy on third with no outs. Next pitch is a, is a sack fly by Muncie. So now they get that run across, and, and Middleton retires the next two guys in order. So, you know, in a way, I I understand why they're having the rule. You know, it, it hurts the Angels this time, but I'm interested to know what you feel about the rule in general, regardless of kind of what team it helps out. You know, and I'm um... – uh, and I read. I was reading an article on uh, ESPN Plus uh, the other night uh, with, you know, what you know with with all these these minor rule changes in the shortened season, what people would like to see carried over regularly, or how, how the impact it has on the game. Um, and the the two that really rung through that they talked about in detail was the universal DH uh, and the um, uh, and the the runner starting on second. Now. While some while some folks may look at it as a uh, as a as a distinct advantage for the offensive team, and in this case, the Dodgers showed why it could be an advantage. Um, you know, I'm I'm, I'm kind of fifty fifty on it. Um, you know, I really think as long as you know, uh, the pitchers controlling the tempo of the game and controlling the pace of the game, that that base runner is going to be. I wouldn't necessarily say irrelevant because they're in scoring position. However, um, you know. Uh, I mean, I would say, you know, maybe, you know, 15 to 20 percent of the times where we've been in extra inning scenarios this season has been the has, that's determined the outcome of the game. Right. You know, many times you're watching extra inning games and the runner continues to stay stranded on second base. Right. So um, I'm kind of 50 50 and, and I'm torn on it. Um, I, I definitely don't think it's something that should be carried over um, as, a, as a regular rule. Um, I don't think a lot of these um, uh, minor rule changes they made for the for the shortened season should should retain. Um, but um, but yeah, again, it like like to your point, this in this case really had a negative impact on uh, on the outcome of the game for the Angels. Yeah, and I've always mentioned it before that I myself I don't really necessarily dislike the rule because you know even in this game where the, they scored a run without any hits the angels have had a really hard time this year um on base stealers i mean you look at the the stolen bases on the angels this year and it's pretty high and 
you know, for the most part, that's not even on the catchers. A lot of times these guys are getting really good leads off the pitchers and the catchers are kind of, you know, put in no man's land where even if they make the perfect throw, the guy is still going to be safe. And I think that was a situation that happened um, with this stolen base as well. But I'm always for the idea of like, I like this rule. Um, you do things right. You know, it's not as easy as some people think that like you the offense still has to perform, still has to steal a base, still has to put the ball in play um, to get that man across. I'm more willing for it. If it's going to carry on to say, you know, next year or into the future, maybe starting this process or this runner on second base, maybe like in the 13th inning or 14th inning, like I'm all about giving the guys opportunity to, um, to score in a regular game, almost like NHL where the beginning of the game or the beginning of like overtime is your regular overtime. And then if it doesn't happen, then you can kind of go into shootouts. And my, my idea is this whole runner on second base is kind of the MLB version of shootouts. So I, I wouldn't be opposed to it carrying on if it's in, you know, the 13th, 14th inning and you let the kind of the guys go um, normal, uh, the normal baseball for the first couple extra innings. Yeah, absolutely, and and you know it's it's one of those things where it's I think out of all the rule changes, this kind of seems seemed the most gimmicky. I guess right. is a good way to describe it out out, out of any. Um, you know, it's so it's you know it, it's it's definitely interesting, um, and it'll be interesting to see how how it plays out um, over the remainder of the season, uh, particularly uh, once we get to the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. That's the that's the interesting point. So the Angels end up dropping this game six to five again in ten innings due to the uh, second or the runner on second base to start the inning. So now going into the finale Sunday, um, Angels trying to avoid a sweep, but again against a team that was I guess still is a super or a, a World Series favorite, the Dodgers. You know they knew it'd be kind of hard, especially with Dustin May going on the mound, a, a youngster, a flamethrower that um, I've seen a couple times in person down at Ellen Empire when he was with the Quakes, and and um, that velocity is real, and that hair is is, is real also. Um, so Julio Turan uh, take gets to start again. I think something that's very important with Julio is that. Um, due to a coronavirus, I, I believe he had the, the coronavirus before the uh, season started, so he was late getting into summer camp. This is technically his only like his fourth outing pitching against um, uh, actual batters, so he's still kind of in the spring training mode. That's why the last two uh, outings he's barely got into the second inning. This one not really that much better. He goes three and a third, uh, six hits. Four, uh, four earned runs, one walk, three strikeouts, but gives up two home runs. Um, the first couple of innings, he seemed to be on, be fine, keep on working, and then just um, that third inning ended up being the real uh, downfall to Julio this outing. What do you think? Yeah, you know, um, yeah, like you mentioned, I think he, he kind of found his he kind of found his rhythm and settled in a little bit. But I think really the the, the what, what killed the psyche was giving up those two home runs, particularly in the I don't want to necessarily say in a in a high pressure situation, but when you're um, when you're facing uh, you know you know highly touted prospect for the first time, like um, like Ruiz from the, from the Dodgers, uh, first major league uh, at bat and and ends up ends up hitting a homer, um, you know, and it's just it's you know, it's one of those it's one of those situations to where um, that can really affect uh, your level of confidence. Um, so, you know, unfortunately, um, although he, he started to settle in, um, 
it uh <laughs> i mean he just you know um he just read he he read the fastball and just you know and, and crushed it so yeah, exactly. So again, he gives up two home runs in the third. The Dodgers end up adding four more in the fourth and one more in the sixth to give them eight. The Angels score three on um, end up being three separate. I believe three separate. Uh, oh no, Mastassi singles in Otani in the first or in the second inning to give him the first run. Then you had uh, Rendon continuing his his hot streak at home. Um, still looking for his first hit on the road though, which. Coming up this week, uh, this week we'll figure. Hopefully, he'll be able to get that, and then also a home run by Brian Goodwin in the sixth, continuing his uh, really good season. But you know what I want to talk to you about in, in, in this game is that it just seems like the Angels have been giving up and hitting out a lot of home runs, um, and that kind of brings me to a point where. In the last, you know, handful of years, you've kind of seen baseball go into a certain situation where it's either that kind of home run or bust. There's not a whole lot of moving guys over or doing this or doing that. It seems just every game you're getting five or six home runs. How do you feel about this as a fan? Do you like the kind of the old school move guys over or do you like the um, two run, three run blast? How, that's how you, you know, bring guys home. Yeah, you know, I think in a, in a, in a, in a situation where you're playing from behind, like today's game, for example, with the Angels, this is going to be a situation where it's going to be obviously most exciting to see a you know two or three run blast to kind of cut the lead in half or or get the deficit closer to to, within, to hit within shot. Um, I think you know when you're when you're attempting to advance guys and and get runners into scoring position, um, getting you know base hits or or doubles, etc. I think that's a that's that kind of sets the tempo and sets the pace. Again, I, I'm a huge believer that um, that baseball is a very momentum-driven game. So, if you can continue to drive those those hits and get get that momentum and carry that momentum, um, that's how you build and establish a lead. Um, as a fan, obviously the home runs are exciting, um, but at the end of the day, I mean. You know, I just I want to I want to get a win, right? You know, <laughs> I, I, I want to see the Angels win, and uh, you know, unfortunately for us, um, that hasn't been very favorable uh, this season. Yeah. So again, um, Angels dropped the series, uh, dropped the game three to eight, and also obviously dropped the series three uh, zero against the Dodgers. And you know, it's 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 kind of upsetting for the Angel fans because, like we kind of mentioned at the beginning, of they had a lot of momentum coming into the series, um, taking two three two or three from Oakland. You had a day off like, you know, Thursday to kind of get everyone back. You know, you can reset your bullpen. You kind of came into this game, um, full go or the series full go and not able to pick up one game from the uh, Dodgers was kind of frustrating, but kind of moving forward now, Dodgers or not Dodgers. The angels are now going to play San Francisco at a, um, two at home, two on the road. So a back-to-back series, um, against a struggling Giants team, which hopefully they are able to, um, take what they've done this last game, the good stuff, the, the home runs, the uh, quick innings, and, and kind of continue to to build on it when they play a Giants team that, like I said, is struggling. Um, but we're going to take a quick break real quick, and then I'm going to talk with Angela about that whole Angel season as a whole uh, when we come back. So we'll be right back after this. <laughs> What's up? Johnny Catfish here, ambassador for Groom Goon Beard and Body Care. Are you tired of your beard feeling rough and not so fresh? Do yourself a favor and do what I did and check out www.groomgoon.com. 
Groom Goon carries a variety of beard oils and beard and body soaps that will leave your beard feeling soft and smelling great all day long. Don't just take my word for it. Go check it out for yourself. Again, that's www.groomgoon.com. And at checkout, use discount code CATFISHTHEGOON, all one word, CATFISHTHEGOON, and receive 15% off your purchase. Why choose Groom Goon? Well, because your beard deserves it. Listen to my show, The Punk Corner, on KJ Epic Radio, every Thursday from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. No, those are the screams I used to make when I would cut myself shaving before I knew about Manscaped. Oh, yeah, thank you, Manscaped, for turning my loud shrieks here into multiple peaks here, cream of the crop. Man, start taking notes because Manscaped accidents are finally a thing of the past. Oh, yeah. Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 has been beautifully designed to reduce painful nicks and tugs. Yeah, those nicks and tugs are gone. This is their third generation tremor featuring advanced skin safe technology. Oh, yeah. Technology so you keep your bad boys nice and smooth. Yeah, nice and smooth. Yeah, that's right. And Manscaped Engineering Team obsess over technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. They spend 18 months, yeah, 18 months perfecting that great ball hair trimmer ever created. The just released new and improved lawnmower 3.0, yeah, the cream of the crop, yeah, too sweet to be sour, yeah. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The batting year will last you 90 minutes so you can take longer shave. And that water-resistant technology allows you to shave in the shower, too. Oh, yeah, in the shower after that, after that long match. Oh, uh-huh, yeah. One of the coolest features is an LED light that illuminates grooming areas for a closer, more precise trimming. So many people have written in stories about the Lawnmower 3.0 and have sent your man here, yeah. Sent them pictures so I could see the smoothness for myself. And I'll tell you something, man, they ain't kidding. They ain't kidding. This is a cream of the crop. Yeah, oh, God. Oh, yeah. You need to try this out for yourself. Get 20% off plus free shipping when you use armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off when you use armchair at manscaped.com. Oh, yeah. There's no shortage of action going on with our partner over at betonline.ag. The sports world is slowly making its way back with the NBA announcing its return in late July. But right now, UFC, boxing, NASCAR, and international soccer all have resumed play, and BetOnline has the best odds for their upcoming games and matches. Need more? BetOnline has simulated NBA, NFL, UFC live every day for our devoted gamblers, and check it out. BetOnline also offers hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, and the best props in the business. Visit Bet Online on your computer or mobile device and join now to receive your welcome bonus. That's betonline.ag, your online wagering experts. And we are back with Angelo Trinidad. He is again pitch hitting for Johnny Mags today. Um, Johnny's on a family vacation up in Big Bears, but he will be back Wednesday for our normal. Uh, all angels podcast uh i believe the whole crew is going to be there johnny chris uh and myself so now moving forward angelo i want to ask you um we're almost at the halfway point i think they're about what um 20 plus games in now um what was you how's your feeling of the whole season so far um the I mean, if i could sum it up uh, it's just, it's been, it's been an odd feeling and not just the yeah. angel season. I'm just talking about the baseball season in general. Uh, I mean, 
Um, you know, despite the despite the disappointment uh, of this three game series with with the Dodgers that that I think a lot of Angels fans were hopeful for, uh, there's a lot of things coming out of this series to be excited about, um, and and I want to make sure that that we we highlight and talk about that because I feel like it's you know we're, we're consistently talking about the the negatives and the negative outcomes, but you know number one, um, you know it, sounds, it feels like Rendon has really found uh, his rhythm and his swing. You know, he's, he homered in uh, in four out of the last five games or five out of the last six games. Um, so uh, so I'm, I'm really glad to see that he's found his, and I'm really excited as a fan to see that he's found his swing. Uh, David Fletcher um, uh, is has extended his, his uh, hitting uh, streak yep. to 15 games after today, which is absolutely phenomenal. I mean, he's batting over 300. Um, and definitely if there was uh, if there was a and he's making these incredible plays uh, in the field. Right. So um, needless to say, if there was an all star game or all star, you know, Team voting the season. Yeah. yeah. you Yeah. You would you would definitely think that he would be on his way to getting his, his first uh, his first career all star selection. So uh, those two things, along with you know the excitement of Joe Adele being uh, called up uh, finally and getting his big league debut. Um, granted he's, he's still finding his rhythm and, and settling in, but very, very promising to see that he'll be able to have a, a, and see how he's able to mesh with that everyday, uh, everyday outfield. Um, and, um, you know, the, the, fourth thing I'm really excited about is, is Kenyon Middleton. So Middleton, um, is, is, has found his pocket, uh, with, uh, with the pitches, he's, uh, you know, his, his velocity is as, as strong and as fast as ever. Um, and he really pitched, you know, two two solid outings in the series with the Dodgers, and um, really excited about what's what's to come uh, with, with Middleton. Um, I know 2019 was a little bit uh, was a little bit disappointing because he was rehabbing from his uh, injury the previous season, only had the opportunity to pitch in 11 games, uh, and I really think he's going to have an opportunity to thrive uh, in this in the shortened season. Um, as far as you know, thoughts generally in the season, you know, I'm really excited to. To see, um, and I think and we, I think we talked about this when, when me and, and and the and the other guys were on the on the podcast, we talked about the disadvantage of having a shortened season is uh, teams with new uh, core nucleus players or a new core nucleus uh, taking some time to find rhythm uh, and finding that that chemistry and, and how they how well they play together, and I think that's very apparent um, for a couple reasons with the Angels. Uh, number one. Uh, fitting Rendon in uh, with the team to kind of see where he fits and, and what role he's going to play. And then the, um, I guess the unique uh, lineup changes uh, that Madden's made the decision to make, which, uh, you know, some, so, you know, some of it has really worked out. You know, we, we were kind of, uh, uh, I was kind of worried about, um, you know, what was going to happen at, for, at you know, at, at first base, when we uh, when we uh, reassigned uh, Thais because he was the only true first baseman aside from uh, from from Albert, uh, but you know Listella's you know fit fit right into that role and that provides the opportunity to 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 um, and that's going to provide the opportunity and flexibility when Simmons comes back from injury to be able to shift uh, Fletcher uh, to third base to keep him in the lineup. Uh, yeah, you're right. Um, as far as you know. The, the lineup that was always a question mark too where uh and you saw it now is how rendon is going to fit in and now you see um they move trout from second to third and then obviously rendon to fourth um otani seems to be fitting in just in that fifth spot just fine also um 
you know, I guess my, my biggest thing is the pitching. Everyone kind of knew going into this year that the mm-hmm. offense should have been good. You had someone like Rendon. Obviously, you have someone like Trout. Um, you were hoping to get at least a little something out of Upton, but it looks like that's not really going to happen a whole lot. Um, but the pitching, obviously, was going to be the biggest question mark for the Angels going this year. Um, I guess Bundy has been the – Dylan Bundy has been the, the, the lone, real yep. bright, bright spot for the Angels starting pitching. But the starting pitching as a whole hasn't – been terrible what have you seen from the starting pitching yeah you know the the starting pitching has looked um as i I mean probably as good as it has as in comparison to the last several seasons um it's just again you know i provided that example with um uh i provided an example with sandoval going you know into the seventh for the first time his career and then the offense not being able to provide that run support the team just has to be able to to figure out a way to fire on all fire on all cylinders, both offense on the offensive side of the ball, the defensive side of the ball, and and from a pitching standpoint. I know, obviously, that's easier said than done, uh, but I feel like it's you know we, we got we got one or two wheels turning, uh, and the other wheels turning in the other direction. Um, we got the the starting the the starting pitching has to uh, be able to go a little bit deeper. Than they than they have this season to provide the opportunity of the bullpen to provide the opportunity of the guys in the bullpen to get a little bit of rest and not have to be reliant uh, on the bullpen. In order to do that, the offense needs to provide some significant run support uh, to be able to be able to provide that level of comfortability for the coaching staff to say, okay, we can let this pitcher go another inning and, and, and we can or we can let this pitcher go another two batters, you know, two thirds of an inning. So. It's really finding that 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 team chemistry and that balance of of, of what to do and, and how to do that. I don't know. That's why I'm not. <laughs> that, that that's why I'm here talking on a on a podcast and not not working for a major league organization. But um, but as a fan, there's a ton of things to be excited about with the starting pitching. Um, but it it all comes down to being able to provide the guys in the bullpen that much needed rest. Cause that's ever this so much more important this season more than ever, because we're on a, a shortened season. Yeah. And too, I think it's important for fans to remember and realize that the guys that are pitching are on this or are uh, in the rotation, like a Griffin Canning, like a Patrick Sandoval. These guys are all young. I mean, you're talking about yeah. Griffin Canning, who's 24 years old and a Patrick Sandoval, who's only 23 years old. So these guys are still, you know, two, three years away from probably hitting their absolute peak as a pitcher. Um, You know, and that's why when, when, when angel fans are are freaking out about the season, like I understand everyone wants to win. Everyone wants to see the team do well. You know, the pitching rotation isn't necessarily in a bad spot right now. Um, Like I said, you had these two young guys who do look promising right now, but again, early twenties, you get Otani back um, from his injury next year. And and that's always, I feel it's going to be a question mark here or there, but then you get even, maybe you do pick up one big guy in in free agency, but you still kind of have to have that core around them to um, solidify that pitching rotation. So the pitching rotation, I, I, you know, I understand it's struggling right now in this season, but I give it a couple years. I think it'll be okay. So um, I want to thank you, Angelo, for, uh, you know, jumping on and, and, and jumping on for Johnny uh, while he's gone. I, I want to give you an opportunity to talk about what you guys do over at, at the beer baseball blog. Yeah. Thanks, man. I appreciate you. I uh, appreciate having me on. And, and uh, before I kind of jump into that, you know, you talked about Otani um, and kind of the question mark of what his pitching career is going to look like. And you know, the thing that 
that we all have to remember is um, this season has been like no other, right? So we're talking about Otani pitches a game for the first time in 18 months uh, in the, on that, you know, you know, that, that Sunday start, that first Sunday start. And that's only after pitching two or three simulated games, not even pitching in spring right. training, not, not pitching in the minors. So you're talking about, you know, st- relatively you know, young player, uh, not pitching for 18 months and going from a simulated start directly to major league competition. Right. right. And I'm not saying that he was placed in before he was ready because he was medically cleared to be ready, but he didn't have, he wasn't afforded the same opportunity as most do to prepare themselves for that in-game, uh, that in-game setting. So I think it was a very smart move by the angels to put the pause on it. So we can continue to leverage him from an offensive standpoint, give him the opportunity to, to pitch in spring training next year, do some rehab starts in, in the minors before uh, we move on uh, to next season. Yeah, exactly. Otani kind of coming into the season before he got shut down pitching wise. I, I kind of thought, you know, he wasn't going to be a huge factor pitching just because um, coming back from Tommy John and you mentioned it, not really having a spring train to get ready for pitching, you know, during this situation. And he even said it too, when he was going through those uh, inner squad games that it was weird for him to pitch against some of these guys, you know, the guys that he knows that are on his team. So he kind of had to work through that hurdle first. And now, um, with the forearm, you know, injury it doesn't seem like it's going to need surgery. It looks like it's just going to be a rest thing. Um, but even then, now with next year, hopefully with a full spring training, full off season of him working on his um, strength, getting his strength back in his arm, he can come back at the beginning of next year um, closer to full strength. Because again, it's still probably going to take a little bit of time to kind of get used to the rhythms of everything. But um, you probably start seeing the velocity come back. You probably see uh, the movement. Uh, more so come back but uh, yeah it was going to be a a tough season for him pitching either way you look at just because like you mentioned it wasn't like he pitched in spring training at all it wasn't like he pitched um, you know uh, any kind of serious games you know obviously because of the Tommy John surgery yeah so and and to and now to to answer your question and to talk about beer baseball a little bit so um, you know, the beer baseball blog was founded by uh, Michael Mondragon a few years ago. And it's really to celebrate all things uh, craft brew and baseball. So uh, what two better pairings exactly. than, than beer and baseball, <laughs> right? So, um, you know, we've, uh, you know, as, collectively, um, there's, you know, we have uh, a heavy uh, YouTube uh, presence and, and content with short videos of, of Michael's uh, and, and Kevin's baseball travels. Um, we, uh, uh, we, uh, there's some unboxings on there, some unboxings that I've done and that Michael has done. Um, and we have our, uh, weekly beer baseball broadcast every Tuesday on 6 PM where you were, uh, one of our, uh, our first guests. Yes. And I can't wait and, to come um, back. <laughs> and we, uh, so every Tuesday at 6 PM, uh, we do a, a beer baseball broadcast live, uh, on YouTube, uh, Twitch, uh, Periscope, Facebook, uh, where, uh, you know, we, we just, you know, three guys talking about beer and baseball. And uh, we recently um, started the uh, new beer baseball blog interview series. So we have two interviews up uh, right now that Michael did. The first one was with uh, G- uh, Gabe Ramirez, who is the owner and promoter of Pro Wrestling Revolution in the Bay Area. 
And uh, we he posted a second one where he interviewed um, uh, the Myrtle Beach Pelicans. So um, some really exciting things uh, coming uh, down the horizon. Uh, but yeah, please be sure to tune in each and every Tuesday, uh, 6 p.m. Uh, for the Beer uh, Baseball Blogcast. Uh, you can find all the all the information uh, on Twitter at Beer Baseball underscore, uh, Instagram at Beer Baseball, uh, Facebook at Beer Baseball Blog, and at, on YouTube at Beer Baseball Blog as well. So, um, again, Daniel, thank you for having me on the show today. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk about what what, what we're doing, um, and we're definitely looking forward on having you back on. And hopefully we can get Johnny on too yeah. at the same time. Yeah, I was talking to Michael not too long ago. I said, yeah, let me know. Give me a date. And I could try to probably work in getting everyone on there at the same time or get two of us on there or whatever. But, yeah, it was definitely a blast. Definitely a lot of fun to watch. Um, you know, I, I almost started this conversation by asking you, what are you drinking? But uh, I didn't know if you had anything. I didn't know if you had anything in your hand because it's not a video. We're not looking at each other. No. So I wasn't sure. But I, I almost started the conversation by that. But, um, yeah, you guys do a great job. It's a lot of fun watching. It's a lot of fun kind of interacting you guys do a good job of interacting with the fans that are there leaving comments as you guys do your uh your live thing so um definitely check that out um as for me I and, will... and, and, and i want to make i want to make it known that's uh, that it was uh you are the one that changed my momentum yes <laughs> uh, in baseball card pack wars uh because since since our appearance on the all angels podcast uh, I've been able to amass a pretty impressive streak. Come back. Uh, yep, yeah, and, and, and come back, including um, unpacking uh, my first uh, autograph sure. card uh, yeah. on the blogcast this week. So. Yeah, that was pretty cool and to see of, that. Yeah, yeah, and and of um, you know um, rookie of the year potentially candidate uh, Brian Reynolds of the Pittsburgh Pirates. You know, and and that's a great point too. The the the, the pack wars you guys do is if for I, I know I I enjoy it, and, and Johnny's more of a, of a, a baseball card guy than I am, so he really enjoys it. But anyone that enjoys kind of the baseball card thing, opening packs and everything like that, that's a really really cool segment you guys do during the show, and it's a and it's fun too because of the little rules and little things you guys kind of uh, made up to make it more interesting as far as. You know, a brewer gets pulled. You guys take a drink. If you know, uh, uh, you know, whoever has the highest card, or you know, different cards mean different things. That's uh, it's an, a lot of fun to see yep. that uh, kind of play out. As, as you know, you guys don't know what what's in the cards. You guys are opening right there in front of us, so you know everyone's surprised at the same time. So that's uh, really really cool, and it's a lot of fun. So again, check that out every Tuesday six o'clock on their YouTube page or Facebook page or their Twitter page. They're all over the place. So if you guys have one of those. Um, Social media is it's very easy to find. Um, again, Angela, thank you very much. Um, I will be back Wednesday again with Johnny and Chris. Um, get your emails in now. It's again at allangelspodcast at gmail.com. Again, allangelspodcast at gmail.com. We will answer your emails at the end of Wednesday's uh, episode when, when the gang's all here. But until then, I am Daniel Garcia. That is Angela Trinidad uh, pitch hitting for Johnny Mags. And you've listened to another edition of the All Angels Podcast. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued 
at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.